0: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Glad that you all are here with us this morning, here in person and also online. And I thank those that are online that are logging in from different parts of the world. And I would say to you that it is our prayer and hope that what you hear today and what you've seen us do this day, uh, you must understand that we're doing this to please God and not ourselves. We didn't stand because J.L. Jackson is getting ready to come up and preach we stood as another way to um, please God, as another posture to praise him. And that if you're somewhere in <clears throat> here in Alaska or somewhere in the world, there's a Church of Christ congregation near you. Go seek them out. We hope and pray that they're doing the same thing we're doing here, and that's using God's word to praise him. Um, before I get started this morning, a couple of things for our teachers. We will not have this fall uh wednesday night classes again we hope to bring those back um during the winter time and um, i've already let those know who's who are teaching uh, who are signed up or who are volunteered to teach for next quarter but we'll make sure we get an email out to all the teachers to so you'll know and secondly for all the men and boys and young and older boys in the congregation Um, I believe it's the 2nd of September, but the very first Thursday in September we will start our weekly devotionals again, and uh, we'll get you that information out. Uh, We'll still, right now, be doing them on Zoom. Uh, Let's have a word of prayer. Our God, our loving Father who is in Heaven, thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity we have to praise and serve you. We pray, Lord, that what we have to offer you today is pleasing in your sight and that the words that will come forth from my mouth, help it not to be necessarily my words that bring folks to you, but your words, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, that you've given us your word to look into and we are grateful to you for you and Jesus and your Holy Spirit. In Jesus name, amen. So I was thinking, and I have been thinking for many years, but especially um, this weekend, knowing that I was going to speak, that there's something to be said about when you're watching or listening to or reading the news, and you come away feeling more depressed about life issues. Uh, it seems as though every time you turn it on or you turn to it, we're supposed to be concerned about everything. And there are a lot of things that we should be concerned about when we hear about them. But it would really take too long for me to list every one of those concerns. But suffice it to say, it is easy to feel uh, depressed or down in the dumps about all the negativity around us, all of the negativity outside as well as inside the church. My question to you is, what would it take Take your mind off of those concerns, off of those worries and all those anxieties of life. what would it take to restore uh, joy in your life? What would it take for you to say to God like david in psalm fifty one twelve to restore unto me the joy of your or thy salvation as we try to revive again here at the Anchorage congregation. What would it take to put joy back in your life? I was thinking, Jaden, you come up here, please? So this is one of my sons. And you all should already understand, but I, I'm gonna let him know again in public. I love you, son. I love you so much. I'm going to give you this shiny penny. There you go. you enjoy, enjoy that. I hope that brings you joy. Let me see, bracing. You know what, man? I think you you do a great job. Come on up here and being such a wonderful young man. I got this shiny nickel for you. I hope that brings you joy. There you go, Levi. Come up here, Levi. You know, I I feel bad that I didn't get you anything for your birthday when you turned eight. So I got this shiny quarter for you, and I hope this brings you a whole lot of joy. Yeah. I think that brought them joy? Let me see. Um, John, if I pull a hundred dollars, it's not going to happen out of my pocket <laughs> to give to you? Yeah, but would I give you some some joy? A little bit more joy than maybe that penny I gave Jaden. What if for everyone in here, it's not going to happen? everyone in here, I had a whole lot of money, like all the money that each of you needed for the rest of your life, to pay all your bills, your mortgages, to buy that new shiny car that you want, or several of them. Would that bring you joy? It'd be enough money to take away your financial cares and worries. You see our joy Is directly proportional to the value of the gift given. Jaden, how much joy did that penny give you? (laughs) It gave me joy. How much joy would you have then in the gift that I would give all you all of all the money that I had and then some to pay all your bills? You see, again, our joy is directly proportional to the value of the gift, consider this in relation then, to your Christian life. Where is your joy as a Christian, and what level of joy should you have as a Christian? Has God given you anything that you should raise your level of joy, or that should raise your level of joy, in direct connection and value based off of that gift? Psalm 51, 10 through 12 is where our reading comes from this morning. Psalm 51, 10 through 12. The scripture says, Create in me a clean heart, David says. David was in trouble. David had messed up. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, as the King James Version reads, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Church, we have been saved. We have been saved not because of how good we are, but how good God is. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Has God given you anything? Has he given you anything? Anything to have joy, to rejoice in. First Thessalonians 5.16 says, for us to rejoice always. If our joy is indeed directly proportional to the value of the gift given, then where should our joy come from? This morning, I want us to look at the gifts that God has given us. And after we look at these, I want you to really ask yourself. I want you to truthfully think to yourself. As last week I said, using the Bible, using His Word as a mirror, ask yourself where should my joy be in serving God? We need to appreciate the grace uh, that is abundant through His Son. And that's Jesus. We must appreciate the magnitude of our sin. We're all affected and we are all guilty of sin. All of us, every single one of us. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Our sin, your sin, separates you from God. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2 reads, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save nor his ear heavy that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Because of our sins, we're not worthy. Excuse me, we're not worthy to be called his children. Because of our sins, we've been separated. But we are worthy of death and hell. Romans six twenty three says, for the wages of sin is death. We work hard on our jobs. We work hard in doing something. We expect payment. If we work hard at sin, we should expect our payment to be in death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, we must also appreciate the magnitude of his gift besides appreciating the magnitude of our sin. Because when we appreciate the magnitude of our sin, then we would understand that Jesus paid the price for all of us. He suffered, not us. He died in our place. He was separated from his Father in heaven. He bore our guilt. He received our punishment. We should have been punished. We should be punished. But Jesus received our punishment. But then by doing so, because of the Father's love for us, Jesus did all of this to reconcile us back to God. Second Corinthians chapter 5 Verse 19 says, God was in Christ reconciling their trespasses to them. Excuse me. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. And has committed to us the word of reconciliation. See, we must appreciate, then, his grace. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. We don't deserve salvation. We don't deserve freedom from sin. We don't deserve fellowship with God because of our sins. God's grace is enough for us. It is abundant, plentiful for every sin and every man forever. I think sometimes we go through life and we wonder, Or we may ask ourselves, we may say, well, I'm, I'm just too sinful. God couldn't love me enough. God's love is just not enough for me because I am just too bad. I can't come into the church building because it might fall down on me. God's grace is enough. Remember, God decided that he was going to bestow grace upon us. God decided that he was going to send Jesus for us. Where is our joy? Where should it come from? Yes, it should come from the grace that is abundant through his son. But it should also come from his inspired word that guides our way. But maybe we don't know this because we don't open it enough to realize that we are often lost in our way. I'm guilty of this as well. I don't open my Bible enough, and I need to open it more. And I I had to do more than... Um, our brother Danny talked about if you missed it this morning doing Bible class, it doesn't help to have your Bible just sitting up on the shelf closed and never looking at it and reading it and studying it and only bringing it to the church building and maybe not even opening it then and then taking it back. I'm, I'm not just here, I'm not here to beat up on anyone. I'm trying to remind us that God's word is powerful, but we will never know that if we don't open it up. You see, God didn't leave us here to wander aimlessly and helplessly on this earth. There are a lot of people that believe that, well, God, yeah, he created the earth. He put it all together, and then he just stepped away. He didn't give us any guidance. That's not true. you ever find yourself kind of lost about something? You know, you're, you're trying to figure it out. And then you remind yourself, I need to turn to God. I need to pray to him. I need to, to go to his word. And you start reading. I'm not, there's no magic here. There's no, you just turn to scripture and, oh, that said exactly what I needed to say. No, but I will say that a lot of times you'll be reading God's word and you go, I needed to hear that. That actually helped me with what I'm going through. Well, that's because the scripture says in uh, Psalm 119, 105, that your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's word should bring us joy. And it does when we read it. <coughs> excuse me. and We understand that while wow, as I'm reading this, God has already fixed my issue or helped me um, see what I need to do. Jeremiah 15:16 says, Your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. You see, in the Bible, in God's word, we can read of God's eternal scheme for redemption. Let me help us understand that a little bit more. Before there was in the beginning, God had already decided what he was going to do. He was going to help us get back to him. Even before we sin. He already thought, this is what the plan is going to be. Before we read anything else, we need to know that God already had a plan for us. I wonder sometimes myself, but why me? You ever ask yourself that? Why why me, though? Why, why help me? I'm not deserving, because he's God and he can do what he wants to do. And I'm glad he decided that he wanted to save me, wanted to save you. In God's word, we read of my loving Savior's life, of his death, and his advocacy for me. I say my, because he is my Savior. I hope he's yours. Jesus came to this world he lived a sinless life he died for me he died for you he rose again he's alive he's in heaven with god and you know what he's doing for me and for you those of us that are put on christ he's been an advocate or he he's a he's a lawyer for us you ever think about that he's pleading our case for us and because i'm in christ because if you are in christ he's there for you and god is listening to him When we read God's word, we find that there is special providence for his people. God takes care of his people. We read of the tremendous blessings for his children. We read of new and wonderful relationship with our father. We read of how we can be pleasing to God. His word is also life changing and to the every, uh, to every sincere reader. I promise you, you get into God's word, Now I don't have to promise you, God does, but I'm, from, from me, I can tell you from, from experience, reading God's word and studying it, I walk away so much better every time. Every time. Even when it's beating me up. Every time. I love that God has given his, his word, and that he hasn't just left us here to wander around aimlessly and, and helplessly. If our joy then is directly proportional to the gift, excuse me, proportional to the value of the gift that God has given us, then we should have joy also in the family of Christ. Do you realize that you are part of the best family on earth? There are some of us sitting here today that were um, the only child. And maybe for some of y'all that was like, great. But some of us, Maybe not so much. Either way, even if you had a whole bunch of siblings, this family is better. The church, the family of God. You know why it's better? Because we have brothers and sisters in Christ who share our love for God. We've talked about before when we've been out in the world, and you just don't know what this person's going to say next. You don't know what's getting ready to happen. But then you see your brother and sister um in the store somewhere i often see nathan wilson in the store we would be in the store together and we make sure hey brother you know i'm glad to see you it brings a a a light i saw danny in the store it's always the same store fred meyer i don't know why i see everybody in the same store but i saw danny one time this was a while ago but it was great to see you there because you're filled with all these folks in there Maybe, you know, in, in terms of the way the world sees good, they might be good people. They might be doing things that are, are great. But when you see your brother and sister in Christ outside of this church building, it's a wonderful thing. And then when we come together and we sharing things, we're sharing God's love and, and sharing the love of Jesus and sharing the love of the Bible. I mean, I would hope that's why you're here this morning, just sharing that love. We also share in our godly values. And we should share in our moral absolutes. And and what I mean by that is that there's a line that's drawn by God. And so we draw that same line. We're right there on that same line. We say, well, God, God said, this is right here. And you don't step over that line, then we should do the same thing. And so then when we're out and about in the world, we know we're not going to do that. No, I'm not doing that. Look, because God doesn't want me to. That's why deal with it. When we come together, we should feel that same thing. And when I'm with you, I know you're not going to say or should not say or should not do these things. And when we do, we're here to help each other. Hey, brothers, we we shouldn't do that. We should help each other because we're trying to help each other get to where? Heaven, right? And so we should help each other with that. And we don't always do the right things. I don't always do the right things. That's why I'm so thankful that God allows me to repent and turn back to him. I'm so thankful for that. We also share in our Christ-centered, um, share our Christ-centered heavenly goals. I want to go to heaven. Do you? Yes, one person. I want to go to heaven. Don't you? Yes. We should all want to get there. And guess what? We don't have to do it alone. Scripture talks about running a race and how that runner hopes to win. In Olympus, we only they could only be in, in those different races, those different competitions, one gold medal winner. Guess what? We all win together. We all <coughs> excuse me can help each other. I love to see in a race when somebody falls down, that person that was running real fast said, you know what, let me go back and get this person. That's what we do for one another. We help each other, and we bring each other along. We also share in our burdens, our cares. We share in tears. We share joys and, and triumphs. Joy, the joy of one is the joy of all. Second Corinthians seven thirteen says, Therefore we have been comforted in your comfort, and we rejoice exceedingly more for the joy of Titus, because his spirit has been refreshed by you all. So we do just like Paul dead right here. Titus was off. Titus came back. He shared all these wonderful things that the Christians were doing, his brothers and sisters, and, and Paul and those who were with, with him. They were in joy, in joy, because Titus was in joy because they were in joy. They were happy. We do the same thing here. When somebody, um, not just in joy, but when someone is happy, someone has done something great, And when we hear about it, we're happy with them. We're also sad with one another, aren't we? We also share in those sorrows. We also share in heartache. That's what family does. We rejoice when others are rejoicing, don't we? Our brothers should be one of our greatest joys, our brethren, that is. Especially as we help each other get to heaven. First Thessalonians 2, verse 19 reads, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For you are our glory and joy. Every time someone is up there in that baptistry and we're here or we find out that someone put on Christ, doesn't that bring us joy? Aren't we happy? Because we know that's another soul at it to the church. We're so happy that you're saved because you and I and the rest of us will be in heaven together. Let's go out and tell somebody else. It's another lesson. But let's go and tell somebody else. Let's help someone else find God too. Because when they do, then we're happy for them as well. And then we teach them how to teach someone else how to find God also so that they can be saved. And then they teach, you see what I'm saying? And it's, it's just a wonderful thing. Yeah, I get excited about it, because I somebody came in my life and taught me the gospel and put me a part of this family, the family of Christ, and I want others to be part of it as well. Because this is the best family we will ever have, and if we're not feeling that way, then let us all work together to make it better. Because we are human, and sometimes we, well, uh, we are very human. That's all right. That's what we have family for, to help each other. Our level of joy should be through the roof because we have a treasured life in Christ that is full of opportunities. True joy comes from knowing the Lord and worshiping him, working for him, and serving others, living right, doing right, and obeying him. Christians, we have the best, most blessed life. We truly do. It's an abundant life intended to be full of joy. John fifteen nine through fourteen says, "As the Father, I'm sorry there, as the Father loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love." You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. God gives us joy by giving us a sure and steadfast hope. The joy that we should have in our Christian life, it stands so far beyond this world. First Peter 1.4 lets us know that we have a place reserved for us in heaven if we are a Christian. If you remember me saying last week, or reminding us uh, that school is back in session for the public schools <clears throat> and, and schools all around, and I know the same thing is happening there about what I'm going to say. That when you're in school and they call the roll, you say when they call your name, "Jaylee Jackson, I'm here." I I wish I can extend my arm even more when God calls my name. Get out my way, I'm here. Hey, He didn't call your name yet. Call my name, I'm here. God, I'm right here. I'm ready to come on into heaven. Don't you want your name on the roll, on that register? I, thank you, because <laughs> I want you to be there with me, too. You want your name on that register. You, wanna, you want God, God to be able to call your name. You don't have a place reserved for you in heaven if you are not a Christian. Christians do not have to guess or wonder if they are going to heaven. You see, because we have a secured hope. Laid up in heaven. Hebrews six nineteen says, "This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast." Victory awaits the Christian beyond the grave. What do we what do we say here at the Anchorage Congregation? What do we often remind each other of? We win. We say that a lot, don't we? We don't just say it because it's just something great to say it's because it's true god has already told us this in his word we win if we are with him you always win when you're with god on god's side not not if god is on my side no if i'm on god's side because see god doesn't he doesn't change he doesn't move he stays constant it is us that i don't know not today lord no it should be not today satan i'm staying with god we need to stay anchored in in our faith and stay anchored with God. We're raised and rewarded. We have great comfort as we await Christ's coming. First Thessalonians four thirteen says, <clears throat> "Excuse me, <clears throat> but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope." then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus, we shall always be with the Lord. We have a living hope resting on Christ. Do you want to experience the gift and joy that is found in the salvation of Christ? If you are a Christian this morning, and you have misplaced your joy or the joy has, I don't know, whimpered down or that fire you used to have has just come a flickering flame. Find joy in God. Find joy in God's word. Find joy in serving for the Lord. Not serving for me, not serving for the elders, not serving for the deacons, not serving for anyone in here per se. Serving God first. Put your joy or find your joy in the Lord. The rest will work itself out. If you have not, you've misplaced your joy and you want it back, let us pray for you this morning. Let us help you. Let us do what we can to help you see God for who He is. It's not that you, you don't know who He is, but sometimes we, we lose our way. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes it just, People just are just, mm, people. Sometimes people get in my way. Let, let me clearly see God for who He is. Let us help you. If you're not a Christian this morning, and you want to experience the gift of joy of the Lord's salvation, then you need to believe in Jesus as God's Son. You need to also repent of your sins. We, we say this, uh, Acts 319, but to help us understand, any life that we're living, any life that we're living that's not with God is not living for him. You're going in the opposite direction where God is. So repentance says to turn back to him or turn to him. I used to say 360, then the kids taught me 360 is just a circle. So 180 degree turn, right? Yeah, wasn't always good at math. 300, uh, 180 degree turn, you are turn to God. You're not... Not to look back. You need to confess your faith in Jesus, Acts 8.37, and be immersed in water. We look, we know that as to be uh, baptism. In baptism, your sins are forgiven. You're added to his church. Acts 2.47 tells us that God adds to the church. We don't add ourselves and we don't join the church. We're registered in heaven, as I talked about earlier. And, and then we rejoice for the Lord's salvation. We thank God for saving me, for saving us. We should thank him for that all the time. Thank you God, thank you God, thank you God. We can't say thank you enough. And then we live faithfully for because of the gift of the eternal life, Hebrews 5, 9. I, I hope that this sermon was, this message was encouraging to you. If you have questions and and you still are searching for answers, let us help you. If you're sitting there today and, and you, you feel glued to your seat, raise your hand. One of the elders, one of the deacons will come and get you. We'll help you. We'll pray for you. Don't let the aisles, the, the, the chairs, don't let people, don't, don't let anything stop you from giving your life fully to God. Whatever your need, ask as you come as we stand and the same, the invitation on him.